Hello, I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. Remember when LinkedIn used to be a place to dazzle potential companies with your online resume? Well, a lot of people still think that's what it's for. But it's more than that, way more than that. Almost everyone is on the darn thing. And so you have a marketing database at your fingertips. But how do you harness all of LinkedIn's powers? Well, my guest today is a genius at knowing how it all works and how to make it a pivotal part of your marketing arsenal. Her name is Karen Tisdell, and she's been helping people since 2009 to build authentic and compelling LinkedIn profiles. She's the go-to LinkedIn gal. Lean in for this one. She has heaps of great tips. Hello, Karen. Welcome to Tea with the Queen. Hello. So excited to be with you. I really love your podcast and I love the way you do that intro as somebody with English parents. It feels quite sentimental for me. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. I'm going to dive straight in for our audience. I mean, it may sound like the most stupid question, but what is LinkedIn for? What's its purpose? It's been around... I don't know, how long has it been around now? It has been around since 2005. So that's a really long time, like a really long time. And some people are like, has it really been around that long? I'm like, totally. LinkedIn does have an identity crisis. Everybody thinks that it's there to create content because it is the world's biggest publishing platform, but that's not all it's for. It really is at its heart a relationship management platform. So this is where... You can keep into contact with everybody that you've ever met. And you can also find and identify people that you would want to meet. Yes, I, lo- I love it. I love it for that reason. It's so interesting to me because I was like, oh, it's a platform where you build relationships. I never went, it's a platform for content. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Uh, and I think that's because you must have been on LinkedIn for quite a while. So I think a lot of the people that moved to LinkedIn from Facebook when Facebook had all those data breaches and then, you know, we saw a massive uptake on LinkedIn during COVID and then, you know, the demise of Twitter or whatever they're called, you know, so I think, sorry, did that sound a little bit disparaging? (laughs) I think think it's X though. Is it X? Is that what it is now? I don't even know. So not interested. So I, I think we've just seen, you know, a lot of people come onto platform recently and they just see that it's about publishing, but it's really, really a place to manage relationships, to find people and to be found. I love it. Who do you think needs a LinkedIn profile? you going to tell me everyone? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Is it everyone? I was trying to talk my hairdresser into this the other day because I just don't see any hairdressers on LinkedIn and I never go to a hairdresser unless I've had at least a couple of my girlfriends say, this is the hairdresser you need to go to. Like, I'm just not, you know, it's it's my one good feature, like my one good one. I am clean to that, <laughs> you know. So my hairdresser said she didn't need it because she's not looking for a job. And I think that's just to misunderstand, again, the business growing capabilities and the word of mouth reach of LinkedIn, you know, when you build a community and it doesn't have to be everybody, you know, I'm in Sydney, so my hairdresser's in Sydney and she doesn't want to pick up clients from Perth because that's just not going to work for her. But she could reach out on LinkedIn to all of her past clients 
and people in Sydney. And so, yeah, so I kind of think it's for everybody. I think it's got great benefits, whether you're looking for a job, whether you're looking for clients, or whether you're really happy in your role, you don't have anything to do with business development, but you just want to keep in contact with people because it's a great place where if you're a tax accountant, you were in a company, you are in lower management, you had no aspirations to move, you really loved what you do, um, didn't want to sort of be managing people, just want to stay managing tax. What if there's an area of accounting that you get stuck on and your CEO says, can you do this? If you had built a network on LinkedIn, you can go to somebody and say, you know, hey, you know, we've exchanged a couple of messages on LinkedIn. Just got a question about this. Do you reckon we can catch up for coffee or have a bit of a chat? I also think if you think about your hairdresser, what happens if one day she says, I don't really want to do hairdressing anymore. I want to teach people via an online platform. Wouldn't it make sense for her to be on LinkedIn in that case? Yeah, absolutely. So I just think there's mm. so many benefits for everyone mm. on LinkedIn. I agree. I agree. What makes a good LinkedIn profile? Well, like, what are your tips? Oh, my gosh. How long have you got? How much recording tape have we got? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe three. Top three. Top three. Uh, what makes a great profile is... My number one would be to have a great headline. So this is the bit that sits underneath your name. And it's really important to front load that. So to have the most important words as a first sort of three to four words need to be the most important and the most relevant to your audience because is that what you mean by front? Yeah, front load. So, you know, a lot of people will have statements like I help small to medium businesses too. Um, So if you're commenting on a post, you know, I've read the first couple of words, I felt bored, I've switched off, I've stopped, you know, I've just, you know, so you need to really put, you know, the the label on the jar, you need to say that first. Um, And so I think that's really important. A lot of people miss that. I think it's really important that you do have an about section, formerly known as a summary section. Most people do have them. I'm increasingly seeing people who've been on LinkedIn for a little while and have semi-complete profiles use AI, which is only available on premium, to rewrite their about section. And that makes them sound bland and like everybody else. So I think that you should have a go at writing your own about section and inject some personality into it, but also focus on who your future self is. And I think it's important to have a great photo. And that sounds really obvious, but I think some people look really grumpy in their photo or they're so far back that I can't look in their eyes. You know, as humans, we are hardwired to build trust by being able to look in people's eyes. And so, you know, if if you've got a photo and you're, you know, in the shadows and you're so far back, I can't look in your eyes. It's a bit harder for me to build that connection. I love that. And I'm also sitting here thinking about my LinkedIn profile going, have I got all those things ticked off? (laughs) Hopefully I do. Anyway, I'm sure you'll tell me if I don't. (laughs) I will. Absolutely. And I do like your profile and I love your about section. I I think you've got lots of really great information there. I tend to do more of a story format, so it's not broken into sections like that, but I think it's really great. So everybody, every listener should go and check out Emma McQueen's LinkedIn profile and connect with you. Well, also they should go and check out Karen Tisdell's because really you're the queen of LinkedIn. So if yours doesn't look great, <laughs> we're in trouble. Oh, are we Tell two me- queens? I like that. <laughs> we're two queens. Tell me, you've been writing LinkedIn profiles for 14 years. Oh my goodness. What are the biggest changes that you've seen? I've seen people think of it as a publishing platform. I've seen it move to a marketing platform. 
And for a period to a sales platform, I think selling on LinkedIn is really really dead you know nobody wants to be sold to anymore and I think we're increasingly intolerant so I think that was a very brief blip if you like but there's so many little changes you know Um, we're seeing increased differentiation between LinkedIn free and premium but that's not to say that everybody needs premium I think we're seeing LinkedIn push tools like Sales Navigator and Recruiter Lite and so I think I just think we're seeing since LinkedIn's been bought by Microsoft it's become a lot more commercially savvy and I believe that's why we we all need to be connected to a LinkedIn expert. I might be biased in this because, (laughs) but it doesn't, I did say A, it doesn't need to be me because I, I think that LinkedIn is pushing a lot of new tools and tricks like, oh, this person's followed you. Would you like to follow them back? Well, don't follow them. If they're a potential prospect or client, don't follow them, connect with them. This is not Twitter. So I I think LinkedIn is constantly changing the platform and adding new bells and whistles that don't always help us as business owners to move our goals forward. Yeah, great segue into my next question, which is for those of us that are running a business, which is probably the majority of the people that listen to this podcast, is there a different way they should be using LinkedIn? No, there's not. Um, I really don't think so. And I know that sounds counter to what so many LinkedIn trainers and profile writers do say, but I think we must always, as business owners, be there to serve our audience. And I think job seekers are the same. So a business owner who wants to grow business and pipeline on LinkedIn and build relationships with the right people and retain clients, they think that their LinkedIn profile needs to be all about them and they need to be the hero and I am the most amazing, aren't you so impressed with me? So what I'm feeling when I'm reading people's profiles is that they're almost competing with their audience for attention, you know, I'm better than you. Look how great I am. That just doesn't fly with a lot of people, especially in, in a, if you're in a, listening to this from Australia. It's certainly not our culture. So I think it's really important, regardless of whether you're a business owner or whatever your reason for being on LinkedIn, it's really important to turn up to serve. How often do you turn up? Like for you, or what do you recommend for people? You don't want to know how often I turn oh, up. Like, it's like it's you. like a okay. hand magnet. I literally have to leave my phone in the other room. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, but for most people, for most people, I think it's really important to have a habit of being on LinkedIn every day for five to seven minutes every day. And what you're doing for those few minutes is you are scrolling through the newsfeed, and you are liking, commenting on as many posts as you can. You are. Uh, checking your messages for anything that's really important. If somebody's got, oh my gosh, I've just looked at your profile. I really need to buy your services. That's kind of a message you want to prioritize. So I don't just check it once a month. And then, you know, you want to be posting once or twice a week, depending on how much time you've got. And you want to be setting aside time. And I would advocate for this being once a week to have a look at your diary. Who have I met? Who have I spoken to? Who's just sent me an email saying, you know, hi, how much do you cost? You know, send them an email. Hi, you know, I might not be the right person for you. I might not be the right fit, but can we connect here? And so just having that weekly habit of constantly. So, you know, so it's a a few minutes every day. And then once a week, you want to spend a good hour on it. 
And that might sound, people might say, I don't have an hour. Well, then you don't have an hour to build your business. Mm, I am so glad that you said that. I have been telling my clients for years to spend 10 minutes a day and to share a couple of times a week, but also not just like and lurk, like comment on people's things. If you've got a suggestion, don't just go, yeah, I agree. Like, what do you agree about? Like, be a bit more specific, but maybe that's a bit too much effort for people. If people just want to get on there and do 10 minutes, awesome, but also put in some effort. Yeah, and quality over quantity. So if people are thinking, you know, I can't write comments in 10 minutes, you totally can. You can copy and paste, especially if you're on desktop, it's really easy to copy and paste a sentence from somebody's post and just drop that in a comment and say, that's really interesting, Emma. Hadn't thought about that before. Interesting, you know, or, you know, just spend those 10 minutes writing one or two comments that are real comments saying, oh, that's fascinating. Reminds me of a story. I win clients through my comments. So we need to think of content as a conversation and we need to think of comments as joining in that conversation and thinking of a like as kind of like a a wave on the street where that person's going, was that Emma? I I think that was Emma. I don't know. She was moving by so fast I didn't get to see her. A comment is where you've stopped and you've joined in. Yeah. How do you create prospects and make sales on LinkedIn? And is sales, we touched on sales navigator earlier, is sales navigator a must. It's definitely not a must. It will give you a lot more filters so you can drill down more into the sort of clients that you want by business size. A lot of the tools that are available on Sales Navigator, um, being able to do basic searches and messages and all those things, they're all available on LinkedIn Premium. So Sales Navigator does have more features, but you definitely don't need it. If anybody's thinking of spending the money, please just make sure that you've got really great habits around using LinkedIn first. Already. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And I'm not saying everybody even needs LinkedIn Premium. How do you make sales? I think is a really interesting question. Or create prospects. maybe. And create prospects. It's really important. Well, I, I think both are the same, really, because as I've heard you say in your podcast episodes before, particularly the one that was about rejection, it's never a no, it's just a not yet. So the prospects will become clients, you just need to know. And if they don't become clients, they will become your advocates and they will lead you to clients. So, you know, they're just people who haven't bought from you that yet, that's all. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you're communicating on your profile what you're actually selling. That sounds really obvious, but I'd really love every listener of yours today to have a look at their profile and go, is it clear what I'm selling? So many people are talking on their profile about their their values and what they've done in the past. And, you know, and they, maybe they've got multiple different business products and different service lines. And I'm like, I, I don't know what it is you do. Where would you say that they should put that? Which part of their LinkedIn oh, through profile? all their profile. Oh, through the whole thing. Through the whole thing. So as a LinkedIn expert, I differentiate myself by saying I'm a LinkedIn profile writer. It's my core product. It's my, not my only product, but it's my core one. So say what it is you do. Make it crystal clear the value you add, the problem you solve. Make sure that you've got contact details accessible on your LinkedIn profile because as somebody I actively buy through LinkedIn all the time and increasingly more and more people are there, you know, they don't want to buy from a stranger. They want to buy from somebody who they know and who knows a lot of people that they know. 
And when you have look at somebody's LinkedIn profile and you're like, well, I don't think I want to connect with them yet. I just want to make an inquiry. I can't see their email address. It's hidden because the default settings are that your email address is hidden. So make sure you go into your settings and change that so that everybody can see your email address. Yes, you will get some spam, but you'll also start getting clients. And make (laughs) sure, you know, a little bit of annoyance versus a lot of pipeline. And make sure that you've got your email address in your about section and in your experience section. Flatten the path to purchase. But making sales and making pipeline brings us nicely back to Uh, what we were saying earlier about making sure that you've got lots of contacts. So, you know, set aside that once a week, every week, not just to create content, because creating content is not going to make you pipeline. Maybe say that again for those in the back. (laughs) Can I? Yes. (laughs) Making content is not going to grow your pipeline. Now, all the Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk fans out there are probably going, oh, my gosh, what are you talking about? You know, he said all I need to do is just constantly post, 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 and I'll have lots of business. People don't see a piece of content from you. They're unlikely to see a piece of content from you if they're not connected to you. That's the truth. If they're following you, they're less likely to see it than somebody who's connected to you. And nobody, no random stranger sees a piece of content and goes, this is exactly what I need. I would just buy from this content. They don't. They go to your profile to verify the problems you solve and what you do to see who you know in common. So make sure you have lots of contacts. This is a relationship management tool and that's so important to remember. Can I ask a question about that? Because has it changed over the years where you had followers and then you had contacts and now something's happened? I don't know what's happened. I can't even articulate it, but your face tells me, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It has changed. What we've got now, contacts are people who are your first network. So you can direct message each other without using an in-mail and you are connected. Once you are connected to somebody, they automatically become your follower, vice versa. Ah, right. But you can follow somebody without being connected to them. Got you. That's an excellent point. Because something changed. I don't know when it changed. Yes, it did change. It changed a couple, oh, a few years ago, um, quite a few years ago. It was actually sort of, it's been there lurking there for about six years, but they made it more obvious to people who were not LinkedIn experts that there's a big difference between contacts and followers. And now they're pushing the idea of getting lots of followers, which a lot of, a lot of the younger generation are really comfortable, more comfortable with having lots of followers and they don't really want lots of connections because aren't connections like my friends and I don't want to have lots of connections. I just want to have lots of followers because I want to be, you know, like famous and I want everybody to admire you. But when we bring it back to business building, fame is a one-way relationship. They have got a lower chance of seeing your content than somebody who's a connection and They can see your content sometimes. You can't see theirs. You can't direct message them. So if you've got an event or you've got that, you know, I I used an example about a tax accountant earlier. If you've got a tricky tax question, you can't say, hey, you know, we're connected. You, You can't leave them a voice note and say, thanks for following me. Like there's no way you can build that relationship. So if they are your ideal clients, you want to connect with them. If they are not your ideal clients, then keep them as followers. So for myself, I do only work in Australia. So I don't connect with people globally. 
because I'm hardwired to build relationships. It's who I am in my, you know, it's my, my Gallup strengths, my Hogan thing. Like I'm all about, I know you're Hogan qualified. I'm all about people. And so I need to keep that curiosity in bay because time spent on LinkedIn is time not spent with my children or, um, you know, keeping in touch with my little old mum who these days wants a phone call every day, dear mum. And so, um, yeah, bless, bless. I cannot build relationships with people on the other side of the world who are never going to become my client and never going to know my client. If I can connect with people who are in Australia only, which, you know, is where we're recording this podcast and where I only work, then people, even if they're not likely to become my client, they might comment on my post or like my post and that will carry it to other Australians. Somebody in England's not likely to have many Australians as contacts so you know so it's all about that laws of who you know and who they know and just for those listening I'm drawing circles with my hands and Emma's probably thinking what is she doing so I think about this as you know as three circles and your inner circle is your first network so those are all the people that you're connected to and automatically following so those are the people that you have relationships with and you're building relationships with your second network those are all the people who know people that you know and that's where you want to constantly be reaching out to and that third network you don't have anybody in common so they're really low trust Mm, yeah and what's your thoughts on um video on linkedin i used to do it quite a bit and i don't anymore and you know maybe i don't see video as much yes we all need to be doing video but progress over perfection Many of the people listening to this are probably thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't even bring myself to comment on a post. And now Karen's saying I need to be doing a video. (laughs) You know, I'm just I'm thrilled if you're commenting. I'm thrilled if you're posting once a week. Video is next level. You know, it's for people like you and me, Emma, who are maybe not that shy, you know, Um, but (laughs) but for some people that's going to be quite agonizing. Okay, good. Got ya, got ya. I just thought that that might have a bit more cut through because not very many people are doing it. It does have more cut through. It's good to create a variety of different content. You don't want to have everything all written. You want to do some documents, um, posts, a document post being people call them slider documents sometimes. And it's where you can upload like a PowerPoint or a PDF and you can click through. So they're really good. And it's good to do video. The reason why I like video and why I have a video sitting in my featured section, which I advocate for all my clients to do. Uh, Not all of them take me up on it because a lot of people don't like video. And I think it's important to have a video that sits in your features section that just talks about what, what working with me looks like and to have some posts that are videos because when you're on video, you can convey so much more of who you are. You know, I think audio is the most trusted medium and the easiest medium to consume while you're, many of your listeners will be driving a car or walking a dog. Or for me, it's, I listen to podcasts while I'm doing ironing and things like that. You know, so they'll be doing things like that. So, But video, just a minute or two, you can really show people who you are and you never want to be all things to all people. So if people see your video and they're like, that doesn't really work for me, well, that's great. You've just ruled them out. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand that the Social Media Marketing Institute has ranked you in the top 10 independent LinkedIn trainers across Asia Pacific. Oh, my goodness. How did that come to be? Uh, How I got the SMMI award 
I didn't put in for that award. I, I totally didn't because I, I know there's like a whole awards um, industry. There is. There yeah, is there's yes. a whole awards industry. So j- just yes. to say, people, I've, I, I didn't put myself um, in for that. <laughs> you know, I think I've just been on platform for a long time, been writing LinkedIn profiles for so long. And I'm also standing on the shoulder of giants here. You know, I'm connected to the best LinkedIn trainers globally. I'm in John Esperian's a LinkedIn mastermind, you know, where we've got over 50 LinkedIn trainers and we share knowledge and we grow together because you would know, Emma, someone who runs community, you know, success is never an isolated thing. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. We learn great well together, you know, I'm lifted by others constantly, you know, keeping on top of all of the LinkedIn changes, you know, you you need a tribe, right? And so, you know, it's about the collective, isn't it? You always grow better when you've got great people around you. And so I think for me, being on platform for a long time, loving LinkedIn, loving everything about it, and having that background, I think, in recruitment and sales and marketing, for me, I think it's just that's been a nice trifecta too that I think has really helped me. But my key thing around success I reckon it's just been other people being willing to give me tips and growing great together. What's your favourite feature on LinkedIn? Do you have like one favourite feature? Yes. What is it? The voice note. Oh, it's underutilised, isn't it? It's underused. Totally underused and most people don't even know what it is or that you can do it. Yep, tell us about it. Yeah, so I think that the business owners who are listening to your podcast today should be proactive in using the search tools. Actually, maybe they're my favorite feature because I would really, <laughs> I would really cry if they went. So, you know, you can use the search tool. So, you know, you can just click enter into the search bar or you can put a word in there. You don't have to put a word in there and then click on all filters. And if you can't see it, you need to slide past um, where it says, um, so click on people first. Um, so click search then people until the people button goes green. And then you've got um, uh, location and how you're connected and you slide past all of that till you get to all filters, click on all filters, and then you can sort by city. And if you go all the way down to keywords, you can even search by job title. So if I was somebody who sold into HR managers, I can find you all the HR managers that are in Timbuktu. And if people are in America are going, what is she talking about? That's a really small town here in Australia. So, and uh, probably doesn't have any HR managers, but if it did, and they would be on LinkedIn and I would find them. So, but once I've connected to these strangers, these people who could become my prospect, what do you do? And so my favorite thing is to have a habit and you don't want to do this like the moment they accept your invite to connect. You really want to do it once a fortnight or once a month. Once a fortnight or once a month, set aside an hour to go through, click on my connections and check everybody who's accepted your invite to connect, pick up your mobile phone and type their name in, click on messages. And on the bottom right hand side, you'll see a little microphone button. And when you click on that, you can leave them a one minute voice note. And in that one minute voice note, you can tell them a little bit about you, but also thank them for the invitation. It's no, it's a very gentle sales pitch. And I think that's my favorite feature. 
I love that. And if you're listening, you might need to pause the podcast here and go and have a look at that feature and the search function that Gary's just spoken about because I love the search feature function. I love the voice note feature. I don't use it nearly enough. Karen, I have a couple of clients that I have sent to you your way and they have loved working with you. Tell our audience, how can they connect with you? How can they work with you? What can they expect? Absolutely. So you'll find me on LinkedIn, (laughs) um, funnily enough, but you'll also find my website, my website on Google. You can find me on LinkedIn on Tisdale, Karen Tisdale, T-I-S-D-E-L-L. Everybody thinks my last name's Tisdale, but it's Tisdale. So find me there. If you click on the more button, you can reach out and send me an invite to connect. If you are overseas and listening to this, you can always reach out with an in-mail or just, you know, click on message. Um, I do have an open profile. So if you're a premium user of the platform, we can send each other messages without being connected. So you can just click message and I can always send you free resources. I've got tons of free resources. I've got, you know, I can send people podcast guest episodes, how-to articles, all sorts of stuff. So, um, and I love connecting with people here in Australia because you never know who people know. Thank you so much for coming on Tea with the Queen. I hope that our listeners have gained some little tips and tricks from you. It's been amazing having you on. Oh, my goodness, the breadth of experience that you have on LinkedIn. Wow, everyone needs to get a little Karen in their pocket, I feel. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of your work, Emma, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for coming.